Explore Milwaukee's past and its future, one building at a time. This is Urban Spelunking with On Milwaukee's Bobby Tanzillo and me, Nate Immig, from 88.9. The Lindsay Heights neighborhood is where we're at this week on Urban Spelunking, 20th and North Avenue at the 20 Ton Studios. I drive past this place all the time, and it's one of the old uh, Milwaukee uh, electric rail and light company substations that powered neighborhoods, streetcars. And you see them all over town, and people are always intrigued by them, I think, because of the streetcar connection. Plus, the windows are always kind of like clouded over, so you can't see it. Oh, which makes a little mystery. Even, people even really then wonder what's going on. Why can't I see? So this used to be a substation for the electro, electrical company at the time. Yep. Now it's this artist collective, which yeah. we'll talk about later. Mm-hmm. Um, but just really interesting that you know this building has been around for years and years. It has this history. And it was, it's huge. I mean, it's a big, it's, as you'd expect, because it's this um, industrial type building, It's it's got a big, big footprint there on 20th and North. Yeah, you know, it doesn't really look that big from the outside, but when you go inside, there's a basement and then and only the first floor. So there's so it's a really tall interior. You walk in and it's got to be, I don't know, 30 foot ceilings probably, because there used to just be these big transformers in there. Yeah. Um, what it does is it takes the high voltage power that comes from the power plants and steps it down to lower voltage that can be used in people's houses and and to run the streetcar back then. So it just had all this electrical equipment in there. And and it's interesting to think about what it was like when you went in there in the old days. It was probably super loud from all these transformers running. Super smoky. But but also, yeah, and you think, just think of all the like static electricity in the air. Sure. How you can sort of smell the electricity. Uh Like after like a lightning strike, you can sort of smell that electricity and you can feel the static. Can you imagine what it would have been like being in that place? Yeah. And judging from all the cigarette butts you found. Yes. Not (laughs) recommended probably for people with perms. (laughs) You know, because people had perms back then. They did. They did. Do you know when it opened? Uh, 1908. Okay. Yeah. And then from the outside, I mean, it's just a really cool... Just the architecture is really cool. That's bright. Yeah, there's really nice brickwork and stuff. Again, this is an example of the way, you know, nowadays they just sort of probably throw up some prefab walls, mm-hmm. you know, just something sort of utilitarian. But but back then they probably didn't need windows, but they put windows in it. So how did it get the name the 20-ton building? Well, the, uh, the three artists that bought it uh, named it 20-ton studios because... There is an old crane in there, like a moving cr- one of those cranes that's on rails, so it can run the length oh, sure. of the, the inside of the building along this rail. Um, then it can drop its big hook, uh, and it's a, a crane that could handle 20 tons of weight. It could okay. lift up 20 tons of weight. And it actually says on the big hook, it says 20 ton. Well, that's just begging for the name right there. Yeah. For the name right there, right? <laughs> so w- was it used at the time to, to move these transformers yeah, or yeah, heavy equipment to, within? Yeah, it must have been to move equipment within the building, right? So when did it go vacant? Do you know? Uh, we Energies, which is who owned these by then, stopped using it in 1981, and then they sold it in 1990. Well, what was it like inside? I mean, we'll talk more about the the tenants who are there now, but just the the structure, the bones of the building. Yeah, it was. Well, I mean, it's it's basically four walls and a basement, but the basement floor is open down the middle, like for about two thirds of the building. Straight down the middle is a big open. Spot. So if you're in the basement, you can look straight up to the ceiling through oh, the cool. first floor. So it's sort of open like that. And then there's in the, also in the like all the interesting stuff like that is kind of in the basement because there's another part of the basement where there's like a hallway that has all these little niches that some kind of equipment used to be in each one of these niches. Okay. Um, and then there's these another part of the basement has this wall that has these metal panels in it, these square metal panels, and you can pull them out 
and then you can like look into the wall. Like there must have been some stuff there they needed to access. Okay. Um, so the, the guys who own this place are going to reuse some of that stuff. They want to like make those niches into places to display artwork and things like that. Well, we're going to talk more about the future of this building because almost all the buildings we talk about, there are plans to uh, make it even bigger and better. So that part is coming up next on Urban Spelunking. Nonprofit Radio Milwaukee is brought to you by you. A membership contribution is your personal commitment to music and to Milwaukee. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org to check out our donor benefits and the thank you gifts you can get to show off your 88.9 pride. And we're back at the 20 Ton Studios on 20th and North Avenue. As we mentioned, it used to be this uh, substation power plant that powered the, the neighborhood and the streetcar nearby. Uh, it was decommissioned in the 1980s and has since become this collective for artists. Yeah, so there's these four artists in there now. One is a sculptor, one's a woodworker. Um, so they have all these big sort of heavy objects in there. So they've installed this new crane so they can move that kind of stuff around. But they're looking to get more artists in there because it's basically a, a collective or a collaborative mm -hmm. um, where they would all sort of share expenses and, and make decisions together um, and that kind of thing. And they would like to open an exhibition space in there, but that's a bit down the road because at the moment it doesn't have, I think, what it needs in terms of restrooms and exits and all that. I mean, all the stuff you would need to get, you know, an official commercial kind of occupancy permit for that kind of thing. I mean, when they took the building over, what was it, two years ago? Yeah. It didn't have heat, no, right? <laughs> right? I yeah, mean, there was some basic stuff they had to do. Yeah, right. They, they've probably spent a ton of money because just putting in a in an, an industrial crane is <laughs> probably not an inexpensive right industrial right? crane um, heating a, a huge building that's got this this right, massive ceiling right it's wide open so it's got to cost an armload to to do that um, but yeah so their goal though ultimately is to to get it together enough but you know they're they're patient they're biding their time they're working toward it they're making steps they're, they've uh, found nice tile floors they've been starting to clean those up and and they're in there working doing their stuff and when the weather's good the they have the doors open and neighborhood kids come by and say, what are you up to? And old folks stop in and say, hey, what are you guys doing? And so they're, you know, they're becoming a part of their community, which is really what they'd like to do, too. There's always, a, whenever you talk to people who are rehabbing a building and they say that folks are popping in and just curious, they're always so proud of that, you know? Like, yeah. you can you can tell that they're proud of the work they're doing to revitalize, a, yeah. you know, to do something with a, a building that was vacant. Yeah, because this, I mean, in, and even when it wasn't vacant, there was no probably real life for the community. I mean, the right. community got something out of it. It got electricity out of it, right? Which is great. But um, it wasn't the sort of place where people you would interact with probably with other people, you know, because it was just sort of an industrial space. So now there's art going on there and the doors are open and people can see art going on there and you can pop in and talk about it and, you know, there's community being built there, right? And what is the background of the artists who are in there now? Yeah, I think a few of them are, are not all that long at a college. They're pretty young, um, but they're experienced. One of them has a, has a job at uh, John Ridley's No Studios, so, I mean, they're connected in, to the art scene here, and they're doing, uh, they're working hard. They're clearly, there's a lot of work in the building. They're clearly working hard. Yeah, so the uh, brothers Keenan and Ryan Lamp, mm -hmm. and then uh, Jacqueline Joyce, yes, a.k.a. She, Jax, who's yes, got that Noah Studios. And she works at Noah, right? Um, and then there's a sculptor that they know from UWM there as well. And when you walked in, I mean, it was, it seems like it's a really active um, artist space. I mean, woodworking, as you mentioned, sculpture. Yeah, Ryan does these, um, all this woodworking stuff that... Um, He's just got all these, he's like lugged all these logs there and stuff himself that he wow. he makes furniture and objects and things out of this wood. And he goes and he kind of 
collects this wood for himself. So they need a big space. He needs a big space like this because to store all the stuff and to, to make these kinds of objects. Well, it's a handsome building as it we is. as we've established, and really interesting what's going on. And of course, best of luck to the artists as they hope to make it into this uh, this bigger uh, artist collective in the neighborhood. Again, this is at Lindsay Heights, 20, 20th and North Avenue, and tons of great pictures as always from the inside at radiomilwaukee.org/podcasts. Podcasts and eighty-eight nine are produced by Kenny Perez. Handcrafted sonic inspiration comes from the License Lab with support from your membership and from On Milwaukee. You can subscribe to this podcast and all of 889's podcasts, including This Bites, Cinnabuds, and Tapped In at RadioMilwaukee.org slash podcasts on iTunes, on Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts, we are there too. So subscribe and get all of 889's podcasts delivered to you. It's on Milwaukee. It's Bobby Tanzillo. Thank you. Thank you, Nate.